and March 14th came. And Dallas, Texas was shut down, basically. You know, President Trump shut down the entire country, and Dallas was one of the counties that everything shut down. Hey, it's Josh. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to ask that if you're listening, please subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get notifications when new episodes come out. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and maybe leave a review. It'll really help us out. Okay, enjoy the episode. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this It was not built to be shut down. America will again and soon be open for business, uh, very soon, a lot sooner than uh, three or four months. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Um, There's a lot of, you know, wondering if you're risking your life by going to work. Welcome to the Restarting America podcast. On this episode, we're excited to have Lilani Wilson-Jones, a Texas-based business mogul who oversees more than 12 active businesses through her parent company, Mogul 247. Her businesses operate within the education, healthcare, wellness, and beauty sectors, and she has more than 25 years of experience. She has been featured in Sheen Magazine and on Essence.com, and is also an accomplished author with the release of her new urban fiction novel, Sugar Mama, a Kilani Jet- Jennings saga, which is available on Amazon. We're excited to have you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Josh. This is great. Um, I think it's really interesting to have someone that's involved in like so many parts of the business world. Um, and we're excited to hear about some of them on this episode. But before we get into coronavirus and the pandemic, Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how you got into business. Originally, obviously, there's many different facets of the story, but tell us a little bit about getting into business and uh, some highlights that have brought us kind of to 2020 into to March of this year. Absolutely. Well, I was uh, born a serial entrepreneur, grew up in an entrepreneur entrepreneurial family. My mother owned a business and I worked in that um, in high school and so on. So it was natural uh, for me to evolve into leadership and have my own business. I grew up in the home health care industry and, uh, you know, I wanted to pique my interest a little bit after I got burnout. I went into daycare. Then I wanted to go back into health care. So it's just been uh, over 25 year evolution of business for me. I haven't worked for anybody else. So that's been real interesting. All the dynamics that you would see at any company, including a Fortune 500, I'm sure those things have happened to me on a smaller scale. So my experience is vast, but my industry, you know, is specific. So. And uh, yeah, it's really incredible. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about kind of like what was happening in some of your businesses and like where your attention was being drawn early in 2020 and kind of how that shifted as the, the shutdowns came and the quarantines came and the virus uh, lifted. And, you know, now we're seeing in what is it, October, we're seeing another kind of peak again. Um, and also with the election, right. like lots of drama in the world. But I think back, like thinking back to before we had all this drama in, uh, March, like what was going on with you at the beginning of 2020 before all this happened? 
Well, I think everything was getting laid out and the stage was getting set for what was to come. You could tell if you were paying attention to the news that something was going on around the world, but it was like, oh, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect us. Oh, that's not going to get to America any. And so I think it was just like for everybody else, finalizing 2019, yeah. uh, trying to get everything in perspective, getting your goals in perspective, aligning your tasks for the year. For me, my biggest thing was I'm going to get my marketing teams together. I'm going to do better as a CEO. I'm going to communicate more. I'm going to collaborate. We're going to do this, this, and that. And March 14th came. Yeah. And Dallas, Texas was shut down, basically. You know, President Trump shut down the entire country, and Dallas was one of the counties that everything shut down. So what was once a hustling, bustling, thriving, one of my industries, it's a contact business for your marketers and for marketing. So the physical contact and communication, it's important to build relationships with people so they understand, you know, that you are committed to what you're doing. And so that changed everything for that group. But I'm very proud to say we were able to stay on task. And we've been just as just as successful, if not more successful, than we would have been uh, without coronavirus. Because the contacts have remained the same. The uh, referrals have kept coming. They've been relevant. And they've even increased. So to some extent, um, while I was focusing on my staff and our marketing techniques and so forth and building business, coronavirus helped that because you had to find a niche. Yeah. And whatever your niche was, you know, you had to be able to translate that in your industry. So, so for all of my industries. So what what did you find your niche in then? Like, well, well our niche. I have an awesome. Uh, I have an awesome graphics person who stays on top of all of my graphics for website, emails, all of that. So we did an email blast, and we were one of the first in our industry to send out email blasts with virtual information, because these are things you normally do in person, and you give a brochure and talk about your company. But because we couldn't reach those same sources that we would normally try to reach out to, or that we would be in contact, people won't even let you drop off donuts. You know, that's how critical it was yeah. uh, during that time. So we had to figure out how to reach them, different things, you know. So you're using uh, internet, email, you're using text and calling, you know, you're doing things that you've never done before. So it definitely helped from a creative side. It definitely did. And on a daycare perspective, well, parents can't come in. How do you give tours of the center? Well, virtual tours, which was something we had never done, that became a thing. So and just I, interesting. I mean, I I can think of it. You know, it's like it's funny. I grew up my I grew up in a home daycare. My I was actually I was. It's funny with it's not funny, but with everyone homeschooled now. I was actually homeschooled for six years. Um, wow. And, and three sisters, and we were all homeschooled, kind of like off and on, depending on what was going on. And I grew up in a home daycare, and so like right now I don't have any kids of my own, but like I I, I talk to friends and see around and see what you know is everything going on. I just like I was just talking to someone and their their kids had their kids got COVID and the daycare shut down for two weeks. It's very, it's a very challenging and uh, scary time for that. What, what was it like, like being in daycare during that time? Like people, like 
people are struggling a lot and daycare is kind of the center of that daycare and schools and uh right well as people's jobs shut down they you know they stopped bringing their kids for care but then there were still the essential workers because Mm -hmm. some of my centers are located in places where essential workers are in that income bracket so they still had to work so Mm -hmm. i knew for my teams and the communities that i serve it was important not to close down and i experienced an employee a key employee who did have COVID. So we were in touch with the health department and doing the things that we needed to do um, in order to, you know, be in compliance. But COVID is real for people who didn't believe it, you know, if they caught it or knew someone close who caught it or passed, you know, they see it. Sometimes seeing is believing. But we had to do things to, you know, to keep our parents where they could go to work. And uh, as you're aware, I'm sure the abuse rate has gone up all over the country, not just Dallas, Texas. So that was a concern because some of my centers do operate in areas where there is a lot of CPS involvement. So it was important for parents, not only the parents to have a release, but the kids, you know. And so a safe place the kids can come get nutritious meals and learn. And so in the fall, when the kids were delayed going back to school, I did create a uh, virtual classroom where I brought in two teachers, which I still have one. A lot of them have gone back to school, but I had over 55 kids enrolled in the virtual program. And so the teachers were working with them. And the challenge with that is the preschoolers and kindergartners and first graders who don't know how to read. Uh, That is a super challenge. So I'm praying we get through COVID so I don't have to try to take that on again because they require a lot more attention and time. But yes, it was definitely a blessing to be able to figure out and navigate, you know, how do we continue in this mode? so interesting the front, like it's like yeah. the frontline workers taking care of the frontline workers like there's such a burden just on like the whole you know the whole because it's like you like your daycare employees are also frontline workers at that point you know like they're everyone's out there right right and they get exposed right and then keep in mind the frontline workers work different shifts and so we have extended hours that most daycares wouldn't have So you had you had to be flexible more so with COVID because they were experiencing things on their jobs as well. You know, so it it was just a dynamic time for everyone all around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me, do you have the day? You also have some home health care. Tell me a little bit about um, what what that's looked like during this time and like uh, what what that's like, what's like operating that kind of business generally and what how that's changed now. Well, the the general premise is that you get referred to the home health care or hospice program and you see a nurse. Hospice ran pretty smooth because we didn't have as many issues, but home health care, it went out the roof. We had skilled nursing facilities and rehab facilities trying to send us COVID patients. And even when we finally did get the PPE that we needed, my director didn't feel comfortable taking COVID patients Um, with limited staff and limited resources. So we did what was called a COVID kit. And so for patients that were coming out of the hospital who had been diagnosed with COVID and it wasn't clear because they weren't retesting at that time and they still aren't retesting, um, 
what we do is send them a kit that contains the things that are needed for a virtual visit. So a virtual visit arrived for us out of that. And that's been pretty neat. And then there's some patients who I don't want, you know, elderly, I don't want anybody in my home. I'm scared. I don't yeah. want you all to come. So yeah. we do, you know, a virtual visit, telehealth visit for them. And that's been neat, you know going through their problems, making sure that they're okay, what's going on, well, do you need to see a doctor? You know, just trying to get a hold of what's going on in a virtual world. So that's been neat. into the technology, like I'm, I'm guessing there's been technology challenges during this, like you're not used, I mean, you said even just in the beginning, just how your marketing worked, um, you know, shifting right. like in-person contacts, you know, like visiting people, you know, like delivering gifts kind of thing to, you know, just like working over like digital channels and then like you have, you have daycare over digital channels, you have home health over digital channels. What was it right. like, like making those technology adaptations for you and your team? Well, I'm an active CEO and so I did have to learn how to use them, which I switched to blue jeans for most of my things, my morning meetings. But I did have to learn how to use the technology and I had to embrace it. It, it wasn't optional. You know, so meetings occur versus in person, you know, they're on a Blue Jeans conference call in the morning, they're on, you know, whatever platform, even meeting with people, interviews now, when we need to interview uh, all positions, really, the first interview is a virtual visit. Yeah. You don't even get an actual you know, even if you're hired, you don't get to come in and meet anybody until after you've been through bamboo and finished all of that, then you get to come in. And so my administrative team, we're a very small group yeah. and, you know, we try to keep everybody else out as much as possible. But even in-person meetings, fully masked and all of that, that's different for us, you know. We're a warm and fuzzy group, and it's like you have to be cold and distant, you yeah. know, and remember that business etiquette, even people coming in from the outside, when you do allow them, it's not a handshake anymore. And if you've been handshaking for 25 years, you have to get used to elbowing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you talk about like March 14th, like it's like so easy to like pull out those days. I remember like that Monday, yeah. you know, I had a meeting, I, I was I was talking to my coworker, I was like, I was like, do we keep them? Like, we're not used to virtual meet. We, we, I mean, maybe we did phone calls sometimes. We really didn't do video calls ever. Um, and I was like, do we keep them? Right. Do we not keep the meeting? Like, do we call them? Like, it's Sunday. Do we bother? You know, it's like, but like, we didn't, we didn't know what to, like, we really didn't know what to do. And I think we ended up doing the meeting virtually and keeping the meeting. But it was, it was just, it was confusing. And this, and this is for us. We have a small team you know, with not a lot right. of stuff going on, you know, like, uh, you know, we can manage ourselves pretty easily. You have like a kind of expanded um, team. What has it been like to, it's funny, we're trying to hire right now. What has it been like for you hiring and uh, during this time? And have, have you been, have you felt like you've hired across the board or like, what does that look like for you and your businesses? Right. We have hired across the board and most of our industry, we do have to uh, you know, report, run criminal history checks and report yeah. to another authority to, to vet the person. So what that's looked like initially is the Zoom calls uh, on a Zoom line going through all of that. But my office building cleared out probably 95% yeah. of the building. And so I was one of the few offices that remained open mm. um, during, during the times. And so we still weren't doing in-person interviews and we don't do them now. 
until you know you're almost the right candidate for the job or we're pretty sure and an offer has been extended so there's not a lot of in-person meeting yeah. at all mm -hmm. everything even down to stuff with paraprofessionals you know yeah. it's pretty much zoom blue jeans google meets whatever you know it's hard to keep. right <laughs> i was on an uber conference recently and i was like oh we used to use uber conference a long time ago i don't remember this right and what's amazing to me is how people dress down you yeah. know I, I never i never dressed down um in the entire 25 years so to speak so it's always important to me when i have a professional meeting to look professional yeah. but now you get on blue jeans or zoom with people who are true professionals but you know they're there in the t-shirt and all of that and you're trying to talk about a serious matter and so <laughs> it becomes funny because you're looking at them like Oh, what's that in the background? Oh, you've got, you know, I you try, see, I try to see my background looking like, like looking nice. And like, I like put on like a shirt, you know, it's like, it's interesting though, because like, for, I mean, I've been working in my house for many months now. And, you know, I'll tell you, I brush my hair and I like do my, you know, and I, I, I like right. shake my hair and I do my stuff and I put on like, I'm wearing like a sweater now or something, but it's like, it's like fine, I think, but it is, it, you know, because I had right. someone today and like their cat was like on the computer the whole time. <laughs> Um, I was like, I like your cat, but like, it's like, it's making a lot of noise. Uh, right. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> right. It's just different. It's different. Yeah. What do you think has been the greatest challenge like of COVID for, for you as a leader? Oh. I would say the technology piece. It wasn't necessarily pulling people together because we had them there. And like I said, I had started working on building better collaborative relationships with teams within the organizations. So uh, uh, just getting people to understand how to use technology yeah. and the different things, that was the biggest thing. You know, this is an iPhone, you FaceTime, you know, just the different features, people, things that we take for granted every day, people don't know. You know, but COVID has brought everyone up to speed. Yeah. Everyone, you know. You feel like now it's more seamless where like, how long do you think right. it's worked? Like, I mean, even you say you like, oh, we switched to blue jeans. You know, I think like that kind of thing, like figuring out like, well, does Zoom really work for me? Does Google work, you know? Um, right, right. Uh, all of that and then teaching people how to use the apps and do the different thing just the whole technology i think COVID sharpened everyone's technology because you had to do it there there was no option you can't go to a piece of paper you can't just come in person you know you have to be able to employ technology yeah and that was the biggest thing you know yeah do you feel like you like we talk a lot about like getting kind of like worn down by technology or a lot of video you know we're on video right now um like do you feel like you get worn down by the video chats or anything or uh you know one day i had zoom meetings back to back to back to back and that day which was a full day it was probably from 10 o'clock 40. I kind of got worn down that day going through Zoom meetings. I was like, wow, wow. It, it just, I was fascinated by that. But technology, I, I'm a tech 
person. I love gadgets and all of that. So I'm enjoying it. But that can be something. And then even social clubs or sorority, you know, at night you go home, you have to get on a Zoom meeting. Yeah. You can get exhausted yeah. from doing everything virtually. Yeah. You know, I, you're listening to a Sunday sermon on Facebook, you know, just it's funny, I everything. Moved, I moved during COVID. I mean, like for me, it's like I, I had to change a lot of different things and I moved during COVID and behind, behind like uh, my house, like just like on the next block, there's a church and they've been doing outside services. And I remember like the one Sunday and I was like, is somebody like playing like some loud, like I thought someone was like listening to a sermon on like their car or something like, and I was just like, oh, like maybe they're just sitting in their car and listening. And I kind of like went to the guitar and the church service and it's like every, and now it's starting to get really cold in Chicago. I mean, it's like in the fifties now and it's been like in the forties and raining and we had our first snow yesterday. And so like, oh, like wow, beautiful. ready for that is like kind of like a whole other thing for us right now because uh, it, it spent a lot of time outside, but it is like, it, it is an interesting thing. And it is nice to see like people like gathering safely in the parking lot and, uh, Right now, are they in their cars or are they standing? No, they're just standing. I mean, like where we are, where we okay. live, it's very walkable still, kind of thing. So okay, gotcha. Most of the people in the church are. It looks it looks like a lot of younger people. I don't know. They probably live around here, but <laughs> it's very cute. And I was and I was, I was like, it's not my church. But I was like, I was I said to my wife, I was like, isn't that nice? She's like, it does sound kind of nice. And I'm like, it's real. It's like a relaxing kind of thing. I was like, what is right earlier? Um, Got it. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah, it is an interesting thing. I personally avoided a lot of Zoom stuff online. Um, but I think as it gets colder in Chicago, like we'll get, you know, we're starting to do more Zoom stuff and everyone's trying to figure out what do we do for Thanksgiving and how do, you know, what, what do we, you know, these are, we dealt with holidays like um, in the spring a little bit differently. We did like Zoom holidays, you know, we did stuff like that. And right. Well, Easter was probably a Zoom. I mean, I'm for my family, I host Easter and I host Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so I won't be hosting either of those. We may do something virtual yeah. for Thanksgiving. But yes, yes. So just, you know, navigating through it, but you have to do things different. I think I'm going to send everybody who normally comes will send their family like one of the desserts maybe that I would normally have that I know they don't get unless they yeah. come to my house, no, you know. Not. We had my, mother, <laughs> my mother-in-law made us food for one of the holidays and like, like almost like a catering company. It was, and it was an incredible amount of work and it was, but it, and right. it, I, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. Is it really? But honestly, it was very nice. It was comforting, you know, like it's hard, right. to, find, hard to find that comfort now. And it was very comforting that even just have like a little taste of this normal thing, like, like it brings you back a little bit. So I think people would appreciate that. Right, exactly. So, so we've been dealing with like COVID and its impact to our businesses and uh, seeing, and then one thing it really brought it to our attention on a podcast we did earlier, we talked to Kimberly Diaz from One Tilt and they do like diversity and inclusion training and equity training. And she was really interesting to talk to. And she brought up this like the idea of like the dual pandemics that we're experiencing. We have this like kind of health yes. and economic pandemic of COVID and then also the pandemic of racism in America that was really kind of wow. highlighted after the killing of George Floyd and then the, like the protests and the reactions to the protests and things that happened afterwards. How has that impacted you and your businesses during this time? Well, and that's interesting that you use the pandemic of racism. I haven't heard 
that before. I haven't heard that ter terminology. And I have a minor in African American studies from SMU. That's very interesting. I, I, that, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate back to Kimberly on that one. I think it was an interesting idea of like feeling like, oh, we feel so impacted by COVID. And I think that idea like, oh, that, that, that racism can also impact us in this way. You know, I think we hear about systemic racism a lot and, uh, Right, and that, that's what I'm thinking when you said that. I don't think that's a pandemic. Yeah. I think that that has just been what it is in America. Yeah. And uh, certainly it hasn't been brought to the light uh, as much as it has with George Floyd. But I think uh, the pandemic caused a, a ease. I mean, people were at home with nothing to do, trying to figure out how to pay their bills. And then all of a sudden... <clears throat> Another black man who was from Houston, Texas, originally by a police officer who kept his foot on his neck for eight seconds. So, yes, that's the dynamic conversation. It's not necessarily any different from any of the other things that have happened in our country when uh, men have gotten killed or uh, black females. I think uh, racism has never died in America. It's never been an equal opportunity. <clears throat> For me, being a serial entrepreneur, you know, I've paved my own way, so I can't speak to what other people might have gone through, like in a corporate ladder and hitting the ceiling and all of that. But I can say that uh, the social changes that have needed to come in the practices in Fortune 500 companies that should have been there well before all of this came to the light, you know, uh, or was a spotlight was put on it rather. You know, those things are good things that are evolving from it. The things that we see where people are using the cause to uh, better, better their life or focus on things that aren't necessarily politically correct or aren't even necessarily true, like Trump using all of the black presidents of the HBCUs where he met with to give relief, you know, and saying they supported him when in fact that wasn't true. <clears throat> Those things are not, uh, not plausible and not good for the country as a whole, where the country needs to focus on race relations, building with all ethnicities. Look at the problem, I'm not saying de-escalating de the police forces was necessary, but change is necessary. And uh, it just happened at an opportune time, you know, for change to come in for the country and the world to take a look at how black people are treated in the United States of America. You know, it's fine to work and help us build and do this, but then there are limits. Er, stop. You know, you're not good enough for this. You're not, uh, hold up. Did you check what your tone was today? You know, just just all of that. And certainly I have experienced racism on some levels, but the overt racial situations that most people do have to deal with from minority neighborhoods and stuff, uh, you know, I, I haven't had all of that. But you do have to be cognizant of who you are and what you are when you're black. And I think the conversations have to be had and things need to open up for diversity. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you. Uh, what would you tell yourself, you could go and kind of time travel, you know, I don't think that we're, we're not at time travel quite yet. If you could time travel back to January of this year 
and tell yourself a couple things, you know, you got five minutes with yourself. Um, what would you tell yourself? Would you tell yourself anything? Oh, definitely. I would take advantage of those five minutes and let myself know that things are going to be difficult, but they'll work out. You'll see dark days and not know what's ahead and won't be able to see the light, but it'll work out. I would tell myself that uh, the pandemic that we're experiencing, it's important to educate, as you know, it's important to keep people apprised. You know, you can't lead a team. It's it's hard leading a team when you don't know where you're going, yeah. you know, because of course, during that time for me, business-wise, um, I didn't know, was I going to have to lay off people? Was I going to have to close? If I closed, what was I going to do? You know, all of those things were issues for me, or at least thoughts in my mind are thinking they would be an issue. So it was very interesting. If I had that five minutes with myself, I would have been able to say, hey, everything is going to work out one way or another. The things that you don't realize are going to happen for you, they're going to happen. There might be some things that'll be bad, but there'll also be some blessings, you know, in there and uh, look for the blessings. So fortunately, I did not have to lay off a single soul because of COVID. Yeah, that was nice for me because um, my team works hard and I know they need their money, you know, but they do work hard and that's something that I demand of the team. So I was very fortunate. We did allow some people to work from home that were at higher risk and just trying to figure out things. And if, if well, I take that back about Lanoff, if they were a certain age, like with the daycares, I did have to let them go, you know, because they were at a higher risk. And then the dynamics on that changed and now it's younger people, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just a lot. I don't know that five would have been enough time to tell myself everything I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. I think that story of uh, like really keeping your people, I mean, I feel lucky where I work, you know, we're a small team, but like we've like, we've kind of like, like barreled through. That's one of the reasons that we're sitting here talking in the podcast because one of the things, you know, we do, okay, well, what can we do now? You know, and uh, one of the things is like, let's right. tell people's stories and help them. And uh, I don't think we realized back in, you know, May or June when we started this, that we would still be telling this story. We would be telling the same kind of stories still. But I think that like that feeling of like, that we made it through this a bit, you know, like we thought like maybe two weeks, maybe a month, you know, then, you know, you know, many, many months later right. now, um, to look back and to still all be together for the most part, you know, like that is like uh it's a powerful feeling right now. Right. It is. It really is. So my first grandchild was born March 14th. Oh, wow. So it was like, wow, everything here. That's how I remember it so well, because the hospital shut down. They wouldn't let anybody in. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like everything. Yeah. Everything happened at once. And it was such a dynamic time. And then coming through all of that and even coming out and now preparing for the second wave. What does that look like if this happens? What does that look like, you know, if that happens? So we're definitely prepared. We're definitely prepared. When you talk about the blessings and the challenges, it's like that is like, that's like right there. Wow. Uh, right. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Uh, what's one thing that is, uh, that's inspiring you during this time when you, when you, when you take a second and think about, you know, you seem to have a very positive outset and like, kind of like, um, I don't know the word, like, I think that the word I think about is like a bountiful outlook kind of thing. Like you see, like you see that like the, there's a lot 
there, you know, you said there's challenges, there's blessings. What are the things that you, right. you look at when you look out that inspires you during this time? Well, for me, I am the type of person the glass is always half full versus half empty. So one of the things that I'm inspired by is the tenacity of people, the people that you think or you're assuming in your mind, they're going to give up, they're going to have an excuse, they don't want to do it. Those are the very ones that are stepping up and meeting the challenges. So for me in leadership, that's saying to me, my messages are getting through. You know, in leadership, that can be redundant. Sometimes you feel like you're spinning your wheels for nothing and no one is listening. But uh, when you see that the team gets it and they rise to the occasion and they're able to execute, for me as a leader, that's huge. That's huge. And that's one of the things, you know, my team has executed, all my teams. I think it's like leader, it, it feels more like leadership when there's, when there's a lot of, like when there's, when there's rocky waters, you know, it feels like, it, it really feels like leadership. When things are going good, it's like, oh, we're just, we're going and things are good. And, uh, you know, right. not, it doesn't feel like we're messing anything up. But I think that the feeling like of when, when people are looking for leadership in a time like this, like actual leadership can come through in a, in a clear way. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. What's one piece of advice that you would give to other entrepreneurs and business owners that are listening to this podcast? Well, I would definitely say stay the course of whatever you're going through. Uh, walk, you know, Walk your path, execute, make your plans, and just go for it. You have to stay focused. Um, now is not the time to get relaxed. Now is not the time to think, oh, I can, you know, you can't do any of that right now. You, you've got to stay focused, concentrate, keep your eye on the prize, uh, stay centric to your goals, and just continue, you know, just continue when obstacles come up because they will look for solutions. Look for the best solutions for your organization and continue. It sounds like that's something that you've been doing. I, I always love getting towards the end with the, the asking people for advice because like it's it's so fun to like to hear your advice for others and then reflect back on like how like you followed that advice like through what you like described doing over um, the last few months and uh, the, to get to where to get to still continuing on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that everything is a continuum and you have to ride the wave. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am grace and mercy. So, yes. <laughs> um, as we look towards the future, what, what do you think will be kind of the legacy of like the coronavirus impacts on your business as, and like and on your leadership and in general? What do you think that you'll take away in six months or a year or five years from this time? Well, it was the game changer for all the virtual things and technology. You know, I've definitely upped my game. I'm not going to say necessarily surpassing my competitors, but definitely to a point where I'm able to execute at a higher level. So people are saying, oh, when we go back to, when we go back to, we aren't going back to what was. And so uh, being prepared to fully execute in the future and enhancing my virtual presence, enhancing uh, technology, you know, optimizing all of that, that will be my legacy, that we took this, turned it around and did way more than was expected than we should have or that we thought we could have. And so I think that's where it'll lie for me. 
Because it's been awesome. I've learned so much. It's been awesome. I think that that is something, you know, it's something that we think about, like, there are all these things of like, oh, this is the companies that are like oriented towards the future or like practices that are oriented towards the future. And I think the future seemed really far away. And now the future doesn't seem as far away. <laughs> seems a lot. No, I'm just waiting on the air taxi so I can, <laughs> so I can ride the air taxi from home to the office. That would be, I mean, we're getting close. We got the self-driving cars coming, so we'll see. I have a friend who's waiting right? for a driving car, and I'm like, okay, so you get to self-driving. <laughs> I got to go somewhere now, so I'll figure it out. But um, I really appreciate your time today and talking to us, and I think that I know I feel good after talking to you, and I think that other people will feel good awesome. after listening to this and hearing this. Like, I just think hearing the stories of the people that are working so hard and that are helping other people and that are keeping people employed and keeping people their kids taken care of and their people taken care of at home and just doing like there's a lot of work to be done you know and to hear about people like doing right where there's a lot of bad news out there this is this to me is some good news and uh, i think that hope i'm hoping that your uh your technology um will be supported through the next few months and the years and that your people will be healthy and happy and continue to have a lot of success and uh that uh, your your grandkid will you know get to do more normal things soon <laughs> you know like and everyone will get to get together and uh, yeah be good so thank you so much for your time today and uh, we'll make sure to link to everything to your website and uh, to your book Thanks. which people can find on Amazon and yeah. all these things that will link in the website notes and yeah really appreciate your time today. Okay, thank you. I've enjoyed it, Josh. You have an awesome day and make it count. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restarting America podcast. Make sure to subscribe in your podcast app and visit restarting-america.com for more episodes like this one. Restarting America is produced by 97Switch.